episode, Evelyn Dwyer from University of Sydney explores how food affects her daily life and whether she is making the right nutritional choices. She's joined by two fellow DMD students, Sandra and Alexandra, along with Victoria, a Masters of Nutrition and Dietetic student, where they discuss how changes in food can affect them emotionally, physically and academically. Hi everyone, I'm Evelyn Dwyer and I am the ADSA rep from the University of Sydney. I'm here today to talk to you about food and how it affects our mental and physical health. So I'm here with Ali Moyer and Sandra Isaac. Um, so I'll just let them introduce themselves. So uh, Ali, if you'd like to tell us who you are, um, how you describe yourself, what hobbies you have and how you got into dentistry. Hey guys, I'm Ali. Um, I'm from Sydney. I did my undergrad at Macquarie University. In I did a Bachelor of Clinical Science. So it's pretty much medical science, but I did it in two years instead of three just to um, help speed up the process because, you know, we all know how long dentistry takes. But yes, I did that with getting into dentistry in mind. So then once in my second year of that degree, I did the GAMSAT, applied for UCID, then got in here. And um, yeah, the rest is history. So I really wanted to do dentistry because growing up, I had really awful teeth and just getting them fixed was really life-changing for me. So yeah, that was kind of like my main motivator behind it. Um, I think, so I'm pretty easygoing kind of gal, just like to have fun with friends, you know, pretty chill. Um, Some of my hobbies include, you know, cooking, baking, really getting into the ISO baking, Um, also really getting into the TikTok you know, really great study break and distraction. You just got to make sure your five minute TikTok break doesn't turn into a five hour one where you end up on the bad side and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Sandra, what about you? Hey everyone, Um, I'm Sandra. I'm from Melbourne. Did my undergrad at Melbourne Uni um, in Biomed. Um, I basically knew I wanted to do dentistry uh, when I started working at a dental clinic um, and I just found it really interesting. The patient stuff I found really, it just seemed really rewarding. Um, And then basically it was just, yeah, a matter of sitting the GAMSAT, same kind of thing. And then picking between Melbourne Uni and Sydney, I think it was sort of wanting to find like something a little bit new, a little bit different. So I thought I'd move across. So my hobbies include cooking, um, kind of the same thing as Ali. I'm not too much into the TikTok, but I'm a little bit more into the Tinder, um, which Ali neglected to mention um, about herself as well. Um, but aside from that, a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, pretty much just waiting to get back because it's been a little bit boring in isolation. But yeah, great. Um, so a little bit about myself, I. Uh, did medical science at Flinders Uni in Adelaide and I did honours in chronic lymphocytic leukaemia. After I finished that, um, I kind of was deciding between medicine and dentistry and dentistry worked out. So I ended up at the University of Sydney, which has been fantastic. Um, I've got some family over there, so it was a really easy decision to move over. Um, And it's been great. I got to meet these girls and they've been such a great impact in my life. So yeah. So our second question that we have for today is 
Um, how is our university structured? What's our degree called? And what is the main focus of each year? So, Ali, did you want to answer this one? Yep, sure. So, um, our degree is called a Doctor of Dental Medicine. So, it's a postgraduate degree. Um, that, so, it's four years long and... Yeah, I'd say the first, like, we're in clinic from day one, pretty much. So, but like the first two years, I'd say are definitely more theory based. I can't really talk for third and fourth year because I haven't done them yet. But they, from what I've heard from the upper years, they tend to be more patient based and the theory kind of dies off a bit. So you don't do as much like medical science, you'd more do focus on the dentistry side of things. But as I said, we're in the clinics, like the sim clinics from pretty much, I think it was like the second or third week, wasn't it, guys? It was, yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty early on we were in the clinics and then, yeah, so that's pretty much the structure. And Sandra, did you want to discuss like the cohort size? How many do you have in your cohort and what's the demographic, would you say? Yeah, so um, we have about 90 students in our cohort and uh, about half of them are Canadian. Um, the rest of us are just sort of from all over Australia, a lot from Melbourne, Sydney, um, a few from Adelaide, some from Queensland, and we even have uh, someone from New Zealand. Um, but aside from that, I think most of the international students are from Canada. Great. So how would you guys describe Sydney if you had to tell someone your top tips or favourite places to go, what would you guys say? Um, well, as a Sydney cider, I could talk for hours about Sydney. But in a nutshell, I think Sydney's just the place to be. <laughs> I'm sure the others wouldn't be too happy about me saying that because <laughs> they probably think Adelaide and Melbourne are the spots. But no, nah, Sydney's a really nice place. We've got a bit of everything, like... If you want some nice cafes, you can head over to the North Shore. If you want good beaches, you can head over to Eastern Suburbs. If you want the party life, you can head into the city. You want really good, like, food, you head out west, like that kind of stuff. We've got a bit of everything here. So, yeah. Sandra, what would you say, like, from a Melbournians point of view? Well, strictly speaking, as a Melbourneian, I think, you know, the stuff about Sydney not having as much culture tends to be somewhat true. Um, but without being a pretentious person, I think, you know, there's there still really is a lot of, um, like, really excellent things about Sydney. I think, firstly, the weather is really amazing all year round. Even winter really doesn't get very cold, so that's always been a plus. Um and, you know, the beaches, like even, you know, not being much of a beach person myself, I found them to be really, they're, they're really, really nice. Like to me, um, you know, the beaches in Melbourne, they, they just don't really, like you do have to travel a little bit further out of Melbourne to find beaches of that sort of quality with like the nicer sand and like, you know, the bluer, the bluer water. So I think how close we are to the beach is really nice. And um, comparing it to Melbourne, I think, uh, well, we live sort of in the Camperdown, Newtown area, and that area is really, it reminds me a lot of Melbourne. I think that's one of the things that made me the most comfortable when I first moved to Sydney, that it had that sort of um, inner 
So the inner west is a lot like in sort of like Fitzroy, that Brunswick area that a lot of people, um, when you think of Melbourne, that's what you think of. And uh, I think, you know, coming there has been one of the best parts, especially with all the, they have really great bars, cafes, um, the nightlife's really, really good. So honestly, it's pretty much been a completely positive experience. That's great. Yeah, I agree with you guys on everything. Considering this one um, is kind of more food related, what would you say your favourite restaurant was in Sydney? Oh, my God, where do I even start? Like, <laughs> You just have to pick one. Oh, how can you do that to me? Um, <laughs> I was actually talking to someone about this the other day and I think oh, I just can't. I really like... You can't pick one. I just can't. I just can't pick one. Give me a cuisine and I'll pick one. Your favourite Italian? Ooh, my favourite Italian. Um, we have some really good Italian places around where I live, Karuin Co in Warunga. You can't go past it. And what about you, Sandra? Um, so I think... Uh, it is really hard for me to pick as well. And Sydney has a lot of sushi trains, which I've really appreciated. They're like really, really great for lunch. And there's one just outside Sydney Dental Hospital that the three of us are at pretty much five days a week. Um, so that's probably my favourite, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think they're delicious. And I absolutely love Mr Wong's, which I think we'll all have to go back to the moment we're back in Sydney. I think we've got a big um, log list of um, I think cafes. we do, yeah. <laughs> we have to hit Definitely, up. <laughs> and some Nutella crepes as well. Oh, my God. Oh, Don't man. get me started. Four frogs, crepery. Oh, can't go past it. Um, so we'll just go back to uni and then we'll talk about food again. But in your career at uni, what do you think one of your biggest mess-ups or pits would be and how did you overcome it? I think for me... Um, so I didn't pass one of my end-of-year clinical exams. Um, and that was, you know, I, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm not really used to failing things or having to resit. Um, and I think coming to dentistry, they sort of made a point of letting us know, like, to expect that it might happen, even if it's not something that we've experienced in the past. So kind of dealing with that was a bit of a pit for me. But the peak was, like, just being able to, get over it and not worry too much about it and understand that it happens. Um, and especially because the clinical stuff is so hard. The best part was probably seeing how far we'd come in just a year. Um, I think that was really one of the best things for me. Hmm. I think one of um, my definite pits was one during one of our final practical exams, our endodontics prac exam, Halfway through, my radiographs weren't working and I just broke down in the middle of the exam, tears everywhere, like the tutors couldn't really help me, like, you know, I was just a red-hot mess there. But um, I think just, like, that just really showed that, like, all the pressure can just get to you sometimes, but it's, like, okay to just let it all out, even if it's in the middle of an exam, you just kind of, you know pick yourself up and keep going but yeah that was definitely one of my low points but I made it through the exam I finished it you know came out the other side didn't drop out afterwards so you know 
But yeah, I think one of my peaks was just meeting everyone, getting to do what I love every day, hanging out with my friends, looking into people's mouths, that kind of stuff. Just really enjoying what I do, making it worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. I think that my um, pit is the same as Sandra, not um, passing my exam. That was pretty difficult to overcome. Um, I think then the peak was deciding that this is really something that I wanted to do and that I really needed to just persevere with it. Um, And of course, meeting these guys has been such a peak as well. Um, Also, the things that we run within the Dental Society are really exciting and fun. So I think that that's definitely a peak as well. So Ali, did you want to discuss some of the um, dentistry events that they run throughout the year? Um, So there's tons of events and they're even like still managing to run stuff like at the moment while we're pretty much on lockdown. So I think one of the highlights is probably the balls. Um, So like we have our dentistry ball, which all four four years go to. That's just a huge party where everyone just, you know, gets together and, you know, enjoys themselves. And then um, they also have smaller socials, which are like, we just meet up, like it may just be two of the cohorts, one of them, or all four of them, like um, that kind of stuff. We'll go to a pub or like book out a venue, like that kind of stuff. So those kind of social events are really good. But then there's also just like, so as I said, during lockdown, they're still managing to run stuff. So they've had um, online yoga like every Thursday night. And um, that's really cool because it's just like really motivating everyone to like keep her like physically healthy as well as mentally healthy during this time, as well as like keeping that connection and the, you know, family feeling of the cohort because we get to hang out with each other even if it's via zoom and they've done a few other things via zoom as well um they also run camps I never went on a camp because I had various other things on those weekends but I think Sandra went on the camps she wants to chat about that yeah so that was when we first started um it was probably like two or three weeks into first year of dentistry um and it was obviously a really great way to get to know everyone especially in like a really informal setting um and in the context of a little bit of alcohol definitely helps um and I think yeah some of the best things about that well we went to a beach so yeah again it's that kind of like really chilled out casual sort of um vibe that's really you know it's really conducive to um meeting everyone and then you do all the kind of team sports kind of stuff which is Yeah, like I think, um, you know, they had all of us getting to know each other in mind and it worked really well for that. Um, And as Ali said, the the balls have been really fun. And Sandra, did Um, you also participate in the um, RBC? Did you want to talk a bit about that as well? Oh, that was actually one of the highlights. Um, So that was when we went to, I think it was Orange or somewhere around there. It was pretty far out of Sydney Um, and we played like sort of like a round robin thing against was it Charles Sturt um yeah and uh yeah so you just you don't even have to get involved in any other sports um but I think that was like well 
I played soccer, but there was also like frisbee, volleyball, um, sorry, dodgeball, basketball, all that stuff, which is really fun. But even if you don't want to get involved in the sports, you can come along like, and it's sort of like another mini camp right in the middle of the year. And the whole thing's funded by um, the Dentistry Society. So it's kind of like a free weekend away and it's so much fun. Sounds great. Well, um, I bet we all can't wait for those things to be back and running. Um, And we will continue on in a moment. The theme for today's episode is brain foods and higher grades. So now we're here with our resident expert, Victoria Andrews, um, to discuss our food habits and how this is affecting our mental and physical health. So, um, Victoria, would you like to discuss what you studied and how you got into food and what you're doing at the moment and what your hobbies are? Yeah, sure. So, hey, guys, um, I'm Victoria. Um, I'm currently studying a master's in nutrition and dietetics at the University of Sydney. Um, So my undergrad was in science and nutrition and metabolism and also physiology. Um, But basically what my course allows me to do now is like to be a qualified dietitian. Um, I've always been interested in food and health um, ever since a young age. Um, I did dancing growing up, so that definitely made me more conscious of what I eat. And I guess I was um, interested in it because what um, what I could eat could affect my performance. So yeah. And I'm obviously a foodie, love cafes, love brunches. So yeah, love food in general. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, for all of you, what does a normal day of food look like? Ali, did you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so obviously the four of us live at college together. Um, but Most of us, so Ev, Sandra and I are home at the moment. So those kind of two days are very different. But generally at college, we get breakfast and dinner provided for us. So breakfast is just like continental breakfast, so cereals, bread, that kind of stuff. Pretty basic. Then we do our own lunches, which if we're at the dental hospital, I find I normally get something from one of the shops around there. Like we mentioned the sushi place or there's a little Chinese restaurant further down the road. Or um, sometimes we take leftovers from dinner the night before. And then dinner. Dinner at college is actually pretty good. They always have a protein of sorts, then a carb, so like rice or pasta, potatoes, that kind of thing. And then veggies and then obviously salads and stuff on the side. And then dessert you can never forget dessert so that was kind of the habit I was in before the whole COVID thing kicked off but now I'm home I'm cooking for my family of four my parents love it um but yeah so I'll wake up in the morning have a little breakfast get on with studying then I tend to have um I like to mimic my cafe lunches so avocado on toast like you know bacon and eggs like that kind of stuff for lunch like cafe brunch style stuff then dinners um you know pretty much like the same kind of thing as college I suppose we often have a protein lots of veggies sometimes my family aren't huge carb people so we don't eat a lot of rice or pasta and that kind of stuff 
But yeah, um, another thing my family has been doing at the moment is we've been doing a meat-free meal once a week. So that's been pretty good. It's also been a bit like challenging what I'm used to in terms of cooking, like trying to find ways to make sure you're getting everything you need without having like a bit of chicken or a bit of steak sitting on your plate. But yeah, that's my general day of food. And Sandra, what about you? Um, I know you have different dietary requirements. Um, yeah, so I'm not too strict with, um, so basically I eat mostly vegetarian, but I will, you know, have um, a little bit of meat here and there. Um, so at college, I really like, um, we have like sort of a separate, so the chef will kind of pre- prepare like a separate vegetarian meal for everyone um, at college who's vegetarian. And that's normally just something like a veggie curry or like veggie pasta, um, like a little veggie patty with some like rice or something on the side. And that's always really nice. Um, And then, yeah, as Ali said, breakfast is normally just like uh, that kind of, you know, bread cereal thing. So cereal with like some banana, like some fruit on the side um, is always sort of my go-to. But I think at home it's a little bit harder to stick to that or like to stay away from um, the meats and like dairy and eggs and stuff because the rest of my family you know obviously you have to sort of take into account what everyone else in your family eats and like I do cook sometimes as Ali said um, and so you know I'll often find myself trying to you know have something that like has meat in it um, so that the rest of the family is happy with that and then I sort of end up eating that as well so I think yeah being at home definitely there's a lot more meat and that kind of stuff Um, but I still try to keep like veggie and vegan, like for breakfast, like I'll have some oats, um, just with some peanut butter or something. And then for lunch, like I might make like a curry or soup or something. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much like a normal day. And Victoria, what about you? What does a normal day of food look like for you? Um, so I would say my diet would be pretty different at college from home just because you have to be a bit more flexible with what you eat um so recently we've been blessed with sourdough and poached eggs so I've definitely taken advantage of that in the mornings um and brought like avocado and peanut butter so I've been more into the toasts lately but generally at home I'd be having like oats like Sandra or um like chia puddings or some muesli as well, depending on the day and definitely fruit and yogurt and a coffee. Um, So that would be your average breakfast, I guess. For lunches at college, um, we don't get lunch, so we'll make our own. Um, It depends. If I'm working or if I'm out, I'll usually buy a salad. Um, If I'm at home, I've been obsessed with stir fries lately because I feel like I'm not getting enough vegetables in from COVID. Um... So yeah, having stir fries with, I've been into tofu lately, controversial, um, but even like chicken or um, beef as well, depending on what I feel like. Um, And because we are going into winter, you're like craving more warm foods. Um, And then onto dinner. So dinners have been a bit different lately at college because of COVID. Um, They've been like pre- pre-served um rather than serving yourself so that makes it a bit more difficult to like get your veggies in um but generally they're pretty good they're like usually like a protein sauce and a carbohydrate sauce and then we can have a side salad um but at home I'd I'd have a similar thing at home it'd just be more veggie based I guess um so like a, a fillet of salmon with like sweet potato mash and then some salad or even like a um 
like a curry with some brown rice. Yeah, it really ranges, but generally like a protein, a carb, like a low GI carb source and um, lots and lots of veggies and salad. Yeah. All sounds great. So everything you guys have said has all sound very healthy. Is there anything that you would say is your sneaky snack or something that you love to snack on? Um, it's your guilty pleasure. Which, what would you say that is? Um, Ali, do you want to start again? Yep. So I think there's a very long list of sneaky snacks. I know, um, I think, Evelyn, you could agree with me here. We used to get back from the dental hospital and we'd just be craving salt and vinegar chips. Always the salt and vinegar chips. They were our go-to. We'd get back about 5 o'clock, I reckon, and we'd have a 5.30 gym class. And in that 30 minutes, we'd just sit on the floor of one of our rooms and eat some salt and vinegar chips. I also love chocolate. Every night after dinner, I have to have a little row or two of chocolate just to... It's good for the health, really. <laughs> Mental health, anyway. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sandra? What would you say your uh, sneaky snacks were? Yeah, uh, I really wish it was just one. Um, but usually it, it, it is a lot harder at home um, because you don't have as many distractions. Like commuting and stuff takes up a lot of the day. So when you're at home, I think just to fill the day up, I you know, as bad as it is, a lot of it tends to be just like, trips to the fridge and to the pantry you um, can download really... tiktok that fills up the day as well <laughs> <laughs> anything for just like a little bit of stimulation like beyond like everything that i am already seeing you know what i mean so maybe tiktok yeah. is that's probably a good like diet um like a little diet hack i think that's a good idea yeah and victoria what do you think about sneaky snacks are they acceptable do you have one What's your opinion? Uh, I think there's definitely a place for a sneaky snack. Um, mine would definitely be peanut butter of any sort with not anything, but almost anything. Um, yeah, I can literally eat it from the jar. It's really bad, especially if we're at home. It's very easy. Um, and definitely like Ali, some chocolate after dinner, usually dark chocolate. Um, but yeah, I would say those two. I just want to um, confirm so, I've seen Victoria put peanut butter on her toast in the morning and it's not an understatement when she says she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I have a new jar and, like, I swear I've only had three slices of toast with it, but it looks almost half empty. <laughs> <laughs> you lather it on. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's, really a, it's a, a strong spread. <laughs> <laughs> so do you notice changes... Um, in your study when your diet is different. Can you comment on that, Sandra? Um, yeah, so one thing about being at home is definitely um, having, and living in the suburbs is having access to a car, definitely makes it easier to give in to those fast food cravings. Um, and I think I notice on days when I've had like something that's a little bit more oily and um, sort of less, I suppose, nutrition or like nutrient dense, um, I do find that it is a little bit harder to stay focused. I feel a little bit more sluggish. Like I'll want to take a little nap before getting work done. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think that's like a good thing if you're feeling really tired, like have a little nap and then get up and do some work. But other times it can make you a little bit unproductive if you're using it as an excuse to sort of not do something for a little, a little while. 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, sticking to those, obviously the healthier things, it always just, you can, you can tell like a pretty, like there's a pretty big difference in um, how much, like the quality of work that you can get done, I think. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Ali? How do you feel when you eat particular foods and does that affect your study? Um, so I get bad headaches, as you guys would know, and I find often like if I don't eat enough or if I eat too much sugar or stuff like that, it can often bring a headache on for me. And then that's just like the whole day gone. Like I had a headache. I woke up with one this morning and I've just pretty much been in bed all day, just feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) But yeah, I had some Vegemite on Jats this afternoon. It brought me back to life. But yes, I find like that kind of stuff can really affect me and also like as Sandra said like when you give in to like eating stuff that's like you're like oh I know I'm gonna regret that later and then you eat it anyway and then you're like "Mm, should I have a nap or should I do some uni work like that kind of stuff but yeah I think your diet really can affect like your study habits. Mm -hmm. And Victoria did you want to comment on this? Yes, um, of course. Um, So I definitely find personally that like the food I eat affects my study, but there's definitely been studies on how food can affect your study. Um, Definitely you want to be like focusing on brain foods. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of any brain foods. Fish. Is that like omega-3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like omega-3s. Um, like low GI foods and like antioxidants as well. Um, so omega threes, um, so things like the fatty fish, like salmon, also nuts and seeds. Um, so like chia seeds and walnuts, these have been shown to like improve concentration and also improve, um, may improve brain function and like the health of blood vessels connecting the brain. Um, and also, like I said, the low GI foods to ensure like you've got enough energy for studying and enough concentration as well. Cause I find if I have like a high GI meal or like a lot of sugar, I get brain fog. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that. Yeah, I feel that. Like if I have like an acai bowl, <laughs> I get like sugar, sugar headaches, which is strange. I don't know what that is scientifically, but yeah. So that's, I definitely can't study after that. So I usually opt for those options just for the fact that I can concentrate after. Um, Sorry, I was just going to ask if you like, you know, a lot of us have exams coming up and, you know, for some of us, like they can go for two or three hours. Um, What would you recommend in terms of like having like a good energy source that's going to get you through like the long haul exams? Um, so it depends what time of day the exam is and what your body's kind of used to as your body really likes, um, consistency, especially with like hunger hormones and, um, like diurnal rhythms of the day. Um, but if it's in the morning, like I'd say, have a good breakfast. I don't know. It depends if, um, some people hate breakfast and hate eating in the morning. I'm definitely a breakfast, um, advocate. Um, so having like a a good breakfast so like you said you liked oats so oats would be a really good breakfast option before an exam with like some antioxidants so berries even um some like rich um like nuts like peanut butter or can always put in there that will keep you like satiated throughout the exam and able to concentrate um also throw some chia seeds and walnuts in there um if it's an afternoon exam I hate like 
6 p.m. exams because I'm like, do I have dinner before? Do I have dinner after? I find if I like, I'll have something little because I know like you'll go into the exam and you'll be fine, but an, an hour in and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm starving and I cannot concentrate when I'm starving. So I feel like it's always better to eat. Like don't go hard and have like a huge, like, I don't know, Thai feast or something before. <laughs> um, Cause then you might have a bit of a food coma, but yeah, I'd say have like a balanced meal before and you'll be good. Great. That sounds like great advice. I know somebody who ate a massive bowl of pasta before a big yeah. <laughs> um, six-hour exam and just felt so sluggish and tired by the end of it. I think that they like really regret eating do. all that food Yeah, before they go in. So um, we've all commented on some changes that we've had to make because of COVID. Um, are there any changes that you would like to keep um, going forward? Or are you going to get rid of all of those things and just go back to the way it was, do you think? I think, I don't know, it's hard to say because, like, from a dentistry perspective, COVID's actually just changed our schedule. So I've, because we're at home all day and, like, sitting at a laptop studying rather than being in clinic, like, hands-on, like, actually actively doing work I find I'm snacking a lot more because I'm able to whereas in our three-hour clinics you just go in you spend three hours you don't even think about food because you got a million other things to go on so I think it's hard to say whether like my daily routine of like you know having a little morning tea snack then an afternoon tea snack like, I think that would be hard to keep once we go back to clinics and stuff. But I definitely think, like, I really like how with um, COVID I've been cooking for myself and I've really been, like, I've had the time of day to, like, think about what I'm going to eat and, like, how it's going to come together and, like, whether I'm factoring in all this stuff. So I think I'd like to keep that aspect of it. But, yeah, it's hard to say with the daily stuff. What about you, Sandra? Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of like consolidated um, what I already knew were like the good aspects of my diet and what were the bad ones because it kind of like it, it it amplifies, you know, it really shows you the difference when you, when you have those like when you allow those bad habits to sort of, you know, come to the forefront of your diet. They like really let you know why doing the good stuff is so good. Um, so I think like for me, um, with when I'm eating a lot of like animal based foods, like I find myself like my sleep is not as good. Um, I'll feel just a lot more sluggish, sort of heavy after meals and stuff. So I think when everything's back to normal, I really want to go back to like most days only eating like plant based foods. Um, and also like it really makes you realize like how important like vegetables are and like that's probably the oldest news ever. I mean, we've been hearing that since we were kids, but like, like vegetables are like you know, and oats as well. Like, as Vic was saying, like, I think oats are probably, like, the power food of my life. When I eat them, I agree. Like, they can be. eat a lot. It is, huh? I said I agree. They definitely can be. Yeah, I, I just find them, like, really, really satiating, like, really filling. And, like, you can't sort of overeat because they are so filling. Um, and it keeps you full for so long. So I think oats is definitely something that I'm going to try and implement a little bit more when things go back to normal. 
And what about you, Victoria? What things will you be keeping? And from a health aspect, what things should we can be keeping and consuming? I think, um, like, maybe dwelling on the Mediterranean diet. Like, with COVID, we've all been able to, like, share food. Well, for you guys, like, more with your families. And for us here, we've kind of been able to take more time to enjoy food. So that's a big aspect, I think, that's been a positive um, contribution to my health and I'm sure everyone else's health. But I know for me, dessert has definitely become a regular occurrence, which needs to go. Um, especially after Easter, I've got so much Easter chocolate left. It's so easy to just come up and snack on chocolate. Um, so I'll definitely be when it goes back to normal, like I will be busier. So not able to like indulge in those luxuries as much. Um, I think there's definitely a place for balance. I might be more balanced in future post-COVID. But, yeah, I'd say just, like, monitoring your diet more and being aware of, like, what you enjoy and what um, doesn't make you feel so good, like, I've been able to reflect on during COVID. Yeah. I'm definitely going to sub out my homemade avo toast for some cafe avo toast. (laughs) Yes, we can appreciate getting cap... Getting cafe food again. Some good old Uber like Eats. Great, yeah, or like a, a coffee that a coffee that I didn't make with my like shitty home coffee maker. <laughs> so if we wanted to diet, how do you think we should go about it, Victoria? Um, so I think the word diet, um, probably classic dietitian response, um, is very like misconstrued in the media as diets really don't work. Um, like long-term studies show that any weight that's lost initially from a diet is always regained. Um, but you can still have like a diet approach, just like considering healthy eating. I always like to think of adopting a diet that you can continue for the rest of your life as there's no point changing something short term that you're going to revert back to anyway. Um, so I'd like, I think it's good if everyone can think of like a small change they can make, like either weekly or monthly, like a little goal. Um, and if you do do this, like you'll see more constant and maintainable weight loss that you can, um, like maintain in the long run. Um, or if you aren't into weight loss, if you just want to improve your overall health, like you improve your metabolic state, um, and reduce your risks of developing chronic disease. Um, so even like for me, say I want to increase like one new vegetable each week, like this is like such a small change, but can have such a positive impact on your health, um, by increasing the range of nutrients you consume. Um, but dieting, yeah. I'd say just overall try and consider healthy eating and having a balanced approach, which is much more holistic. It sounds great. Is that something that you guys have tried before, um, Sandra and Ali, or something that you're interested in or not really? Um, That approach or dieting? (laughs) Dieting and that approach. Is that how you've gone about it before if you've dieted or um, how have you gone about it? I feel like my... um, my mum's always been into healthy eating. She's a food microbiologist, so she's very much conscious about what she's putting into, like, the family's bodies and all that kind of stuff. So from a young age, she kind of, like, had us on a very balanced diet, like, avoiding lots of processed foods, like, keeping carbs, like, low, and if we're having carbs, they're complex carbs kind of thing. So I feel like I was kind of brought up in a, like like in a positive like attitude towards food mindset 
that was a lot of words for something that didn't probably make sense. But, um, yeah, like, I was brought up with this, um, like, positive image about, like, how I should eat and how, like, carbs, we don't always eat carbs, but we're not scared of carbs. Like, we want to eat lots of veggies. We want to make sure we get lots of protein in. Like, it's okay to have your row of chocolate every night if you want that, like that kind of stuff so I feel like I've never really tried any of those fad diets but I really like Vic's idea of just like taking it one week at a time or like one month at a time I feel like yeah that might be something I could use definitely what about you Sandra have you also um always had a positive attitude towards food or has it um changed over the years um I think like for me, the, my diet's always been a little bit more volatile than that. Um, I probably eat more than anyone I've ever eaten. <laughs> so, like, for me, it's always, like, an issue of quantity. Like, I'm I'm not, like, you know, afraid of any, like, vegetables or anything. Um, it's not a matter of, like, health, like, healthy food. Um, it's more, like, just trying to not, like take things overboard in terms of how much I'm eating and I don't know if that's like an emotional thing um I don't think it really has a lot to do with that it's more just kind of like it's just like I like to do it um so I think um the healthy food thing well when you're keeping that in mind like talking as Vic was saying about the little goals I think that makes it a little bit easier and sort of less daunting than the idea of worrying about like you know a fad diet that promises you'll lose like 10 kilos in a week or something um I think, yeah, I think that's just a much healthier, like, approach and something, yeah, it, it is so true that you don't want to, like, revert, like, it, I mean, if you don't want to do something that you're going to just do for a little while and then revert back to normal because ultimately, like, if you didn't change, like, the underlying issue, then you're just going to go back to the problem. I also think that mindset's actually really good, like, if you're adopting, not even adopting a diet, but adopting a habit, so say, like, if you wanted to go vegetarian, you could start by doing one veg- vegetarian meal a week for a month, then you could go to two and then like so on and so forth. Or if you were wanting to cut out dairy or something like that, you know, I feel like that's a really good way to look at it. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. So, um, Victoria, what would you, do you have any other advice for people studying at the moment? We're just about to go into swap back, so it's about to get really hectic. Um, what advice would you give and do you have any recipes that you're really Yes. Um, so I'd say like moving away from food, I'd say definitely focus on your sleep and like the quality of your sleep. Um, lack of sleep can interfere with your hunger hormones. Um, it can make you more hungry and harder to get full. Um, so you don't necessarily need like eight hours each night, contrary to the common myth. Um, just see what works for you. Some people need six, some people need 10. Um, just try like trial and error, see what you feel best off. Um, as I said before, your body likes consistency and rhythm. So it will reward you with feeling energized. And also I'd say make time for exercise. So you'll get those, um, endorphins released after a good sweat sesh. Um, and they'll last throughout the day. So that will stabilize like your mood, your blood sugar levels, and also your hunger. Um, so that will overall make you feel energized. Um, and if we do bring back, like bring it back to food, um, I'd say 
they increase your fiber. Um, have you guys heard much on the microbiome? So um, if you increase your fiber and your resistant starch, you'll feed your microbiome um, and increase its diversity. Um, so your gut is actually responsible for producing 90% of your body's serotonin. Um, so that's like your happy hormone. So basically like the more variety in your diet, um, the like the the more serotonin and like the better efficiency that process will have. Um, so your mood can definitely be affected by what you eat and what you feed your microbiome. So yeah, I'd say basically those three things. So sleep, exercise, your diet, like overall health and definitely fiber. Um, yeah, can overall improve your health and hopefully make you feel less sluggish. Um, and in terms of a recipe, um, I was thinking like winter food. So pesto pasta, um, as I had a really good on last weekend um and you can try and swap like there's absolutely nothing wrong with pasta don't get me wrong um but you can try and swap it for the pulse pasta to if we're thinking about fiber and microbiome um so like the san remo pulse um penne i'm not sponsored unfortunately um <laughs> um, but yeah you can just combine it with pesto you can either make your own or even the bought ones aren't too bad um, and then you can add, I like to add chicken, but you can add, if you want to make it a vegetarian option, you could add chickpeas or even um, like eggplant or um, just increase the cheese. Like you could add some ricotta. Peas. I always put Oh yeah, peas actually are quite though. protein dense. Oh, beans. Like, like white, the cannelloni white beans. beans. What? Sorry, white beans. Yeah, yeah, they really Sandra work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and the beans, because they have protein. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, really good option. It's really... Um, and this is also like, good, really aside good. from COVID, but it's, like, really good for leftovers the next day as well. And easy to add lots of veggies in. That sounds great. So, um, following all of this, um, I think we should all set a goal for the next couple of weeks. So, Sandra, do you want to start with what your goal will be? Um, I think... It would probably be to replace like some of the stuff that I'm currently snacking on um, with like um, healthier things. Like I think Vic's ideas of like berries and walnuts and that kind of brain food can is going to be really helpful, like obviously for the upcoming exams and stuff. Um, and then once we have a little bit more time on our hands um, and a bit less to worry about, I want to definitely like um, sort of focus back on like exercise and just like getting in a bit of cardio and um, I've always really enjoyed yoga, so hopefully that's going to be something that I'll um, sort of bring back into the daily mix. Great. And what about you, Ali? Um, I think I just want to listen to my body a bit more. Like I've been in a habit of just like, you know, eating at the same times every day, just like, you know, I wake up, I have a tea or whatever, Milo, that kind of stuff then do some study, then I eat lunch, then I have an afternoon snack, then I eat dinner, then I go to bed, like that kind of stuff. I think it's just more listening to my body. Like I woke up, as I said, with a headache and I've had it all day. And then just by like getting some more sugars in my body and like that kind of stuff, it kind of helped me get over it. So just kind of more listening to my body rather than listening to my habits that I've made. 
That sounds good. And Victoria, what about you? I think from all this talk of vegetarian food, Sandra, um, I think I want to increase my plant protein sources. So I've been really into tofu, but definitely like you said, cannelloni beans. I think that would be a really good option with pastas and even salads. Um, So yeah, increase my plant protein sources. That sounds great. Yeah. After after this whole discussion, I think I'm definitely going to try and work on my sleep pattern. Um, and definitely add some more fiber and omega-3 into my diet. So thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, I hope everyone who's listening learnt something um, and is having a good week and good luck for all of your exams. Thank you. Now that's the end of another episode with us, Brace Yourself. Thank you to Evelyn and friends for enlightening us with the effects of food on the brain the body and the mind which I'm sure is super important with exams coming up as well. Next week Tanisha and her guests will revive us with some of the best memories from the ADSA convention held at Adelaide last year as we mourn the loss of the 2020 convention due to COVID-19. See you guys then!